It's the Favorites Podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when I win, I get paid fast. Plus, FanDuel lets me jump in on the action anytime with live betting during games. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. It is Thursday. We're doing your questions. We did it on Tuesday. We loved it so much. We're bringing it back. Don't forget Love the favorites as much as you can on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Favorite it, follow it, subscribe to it on those platforms. I am joined to answer all of the most important questions that you have. If you remember on Tuesday, we were talking a lot about aliens and quarterbacks. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. My BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Hello, Chad. How you doing, brother? I'm ready to dig in, man. I am ready to dig in. I feel like our listeners had a lot of really good questions, a lot of really important questions. I think we <laughs> answered them as well as we possibly can with authenticity, credibility, and earnestness. It's true. And this is it for you. Next time that people will see me on camera, I will be clean shaved with barely any hair left on my head. This is just... For when I head out to the national parks so or the Grand Canyon and the uh, Zion National Park. I don't know if you saw this, Chad. I'm driving into a blizzard this week. Uh, yeah, I did notice that. I noticed oh. that the weather is looking yeah. dicey and spicy for your cross-country drive. Not a good drive to have a M4 convertible in, but we'll make it work. We got the horsepower to get through it. You know what? In your world, it's always sunny. <laughs> Just keep the top down and people will look at you like, I want to know what this guy knows. And I'll say them neck warmers. That's the key to these new convertibles. They got neck warmers. All right. Last week, you guys heard us talk <laughs> about Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. I've mentioned it before. I use Game Time a lot. And if you're looking to get out to any NBA or NHL game this week or even a concert, Game Time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm actually going to open the Game Time app right now. Now, I'm in New York. I'm at our studio. I'm going to check out what's available in the New York area. I remember last on Tuesday, I was able to get tickets for the uh, New Jersey Devils game. You know what I'm going to do? I can get premier seats for Saturday's game between the Pelicans and the New York Knickerbockers at Madison Square Garden 
cheapest price right now, 187. It's a steal. You know why? Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, that team is cooking. The city is alive with love for the New York Knickerbockers. That's how easy it was to get the tickets. No matter where you live, download the Game Time app. Get out and have some fun this week. You deserve it. You can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the app and enter code favorites for $20 off. So download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Simon. We did not get to all the questions. So here's the first one up. It's off season. You're going to start doing some work. Yeah. Start thinking about your power rankings. What are the most important elements in your power rankings? And this is a good pricey to the next question I want to ask. What's the most important elements in my power rankings? Um, that's hard because it's different between in-season and out-of-season. I'd say before the season, it's really basic. I literally just look for team strength and weaknesses. And, you know, I talk all the time. I start with the O-line. I start with the D-line. start with the quarterback. Next, I go to head coach, which obviously, you know, I talk all the time. That's a big deal, people. Like, the head coach in football, there's a reason there's so much turnover. And the ones that last tend to be really, really, really good at their jobs. I mean – as much shit as people want to give Tomlin in Pittsburgh because he hasn't really had that much playoff success, the man every year gets that team above 500. Like, that's got to account for something. So, um, yeah, I would say that's a little tough just because it does change during the season. But I, I would say definitely if you're looking just bare bones, I keep telling you guys a nauseum, that O-line, D-line thing is a big deal. And coming into the year, it saved my ass. Like, I was all in on the Eagles and the Chiefs. Because I had them as my two highest graded O lines. And, you know, it's not always going to be that simple, but I'm telling you, more often than not, it's going to matter. And my biggest lesson I'll ever, ever learn was when I first started out, my first year was that Patriots Giants Super Bowl. So what was that, 2010, Chad? 2011? I forget what the hell it was. 2009, um, that for, no, yeah, or it 2012. Yeah. Or, yeah, whatever it was. I just remember. That was really an aha moment of, you know, how much of a difference a game wrecking front four can make. And, you know, got lucky throughout the years with that. I I won big on that Denver versus Carolina Super Bowl. Same exact thing. I just banked on a good defense. So um yeah, if you're if you're looking for important elements to grading the power rankings, I would say that don't just blindly just do it off the quarterbacks because that's so chalky. That's Where? so Joe. Yeah. Where <laughs> it is because there's just so much that goes into it. I mean, we talk all the time. Mahomes is the unicorn. Like you don't really get that kind of thing where he was. We can easily say it. he was the main reason for that Chiefs Super Bowl run. I mean, their first game they won by a touchdown. The second game they won by a field goal, and they won the Super Bowl by a field goal. It's like you got those kind of close games. That's usually because the quarterback's that good to keep you in it. I feel like that's why we all knew Joe Burrow was that guy. I mean, that playoff run they had every game they kept winning by three points. That's kind of you know. That's how you know you have a guy. It's like this guy when it gets really tight can make those moves. And to me, you can't really find that building a model. So if you're looking for things like that, those are things I look for in quarterbacks. I want quarterbacks that can win really tight games. That's that's a really big deal to me. A quarterback that doesn't get tight, he can play free and loose. So if you're looking for different elements. Head coach, offensive line, defensive line, and quarterback. Obviously, those are 
those are my bread and butter. To me, those are the most important things to look at. That's a good answer because we've got a question later on about a very specific head coach and how he can impact gambling. What I would say about head coaches, just to lend some context to this, yep. is over the years, professional bettors would always say Bill Belichick was really the only head coach that had any kind of impact on the point spread in a positive That's way, fair. right? Like you would give him an extra point because of the way he could game plan and the way he thought about the rules. I don't know that there's a coach today that you give that point to when you're power rating, as opposed to you just want to think about, all right, this is a guy who has an advantage when you're handicapping. The flip side of that is I know a lot of wise guys who used to take a point away from the Chargers because of the way Norv Turner, the former coach <laughs> there, used to coach the games. Um, so I just think that's interesting context, Simon. Yeah, I would say there's certain coaches as a dog where I give them a point. Like if Shanahan's a dog, I give Shanahan a nice bump there. Like we've seen it time and time again. Shanahan as an underdog has been profitable. Same with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson as an underdog has been profitable. So there's certain coaches where – I'm right there with Chad where it's like nothing's like Belichick. Belichick, I don't want to say he was free money as an underdog, but he was. Like there was a run there where, you know, Brady was either out for injury or he was out for deflate gate. And I think he was an underdog in every one of those three games or four games. And I think he went three and one in those games, Belichick with the backup. So it's just one of those where Chad's right. Like I know plenty of pros, they just – you know, they went six and three betting on time in the Super Bowl. So they were happy with the results. They just blindly would take Belichick and Brady in those runs just because they had that much respect for him and his game planning. Because we saw it time and time again. He's just when he was on top of his game, Belichick, there was no better defensive mind in football. Uh, what are the three most important things you look at when handicapping an NFL game? I'll take this one first. Uh, I'm because I'm curious to see if you are thinking about the same things. Uh, but I am looking for, do I immediately see an edge in a short home favorite or a home underdog? I immediately look at where the market is and do I think there's going to be an advantage? And I also try to incorporate what happened the previous week, which goes into both of those things. But I try to let that be something that has a pretty powerful influence on how I'm thinking about handicapping a game. It's almost, to me, it's entirely perception and market when I first look at it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's, I don't know, because it's not like three things. Every Everything is kind of unique and different. Every scenario is unique and different. So my most basic first three first three things you look at. Um, I don't know, man. Again, I'm trying to like wrap my head around. There's just so many different things. Like Chad just said, like there's some some games where I don't even need to run my model. Like literally, the team will get blown out last week. Now they're coming home playing a team that beat the crap out of some team last week, and they're a seven point favorite on the road. Chad knows the deal. Like I'll almost blindly always take that underdog. Right. Home. But that's, I think that's the question. Like that's, that's how I looked at it. Yeah. That's how I'm answering it. Like you and I, you and I look at the board every single week and, you know, in the fall, we're going to start doing episodes on Sunday nights as soon as the late games are over. 
And there might be some lines posted that we'll have some early opinions on. Right. But by Tuesday, we're looking at the board. We'll have been looking at it for, you know, say 36 hours by the time we do the podcast. Yeah. And we know it without having done any modeling. Yeah. Which games we like. And it's that is entirely based on the market. Yeah. So I would say like that's obviously an important thing to look for. But I would say for, you know, just just starting out for people i would look at the public what the public's doing like again i don't blindly do it but if you find yourself in line with everyone else on a public side you know that's an issue you got to start checking those things where i told people in the playoffs it's different i don't mind betting with the public in the playoffs but during the regular season there's certain times where i just won't touch a game even if i like that same side i'll just either play the other side or i'll just stay away stay out of it so um for just starting out I would say try to learn that, try to learn that of, you know, again, you don't blindly fade the public, but you don't want to be on the public side all the time. If you find yourself on the public side all the time, you got to redo your model. Like something's clearly wrong in your model because me and Chad talk all the time. A lot of time I find value is, you know, a team will be as low as it's been all year and that's peak value on certain teams. So um, for me, for the most important things you look at when handicapping, I would tell people to start there. And then also, you know, go through trends like trends. Once again, I don't blindly bet off it. I do think they're very important to betting like trends can kind of help you make a mindset of how you think the game's going to play out. And it lets you stay away from repeating the history. Again, people get in trouble because they keep repeating the same history over and over again. Trends can help you stop that. Like if you if you kept liking fading the Eagles in the first half and then you realize, well, the trend says they're five and zero oh in the first half. That's pretty easy. You just stop fading the Eagles in the first half. So that's one of those where I don't, I'm not the biggest trend better. I need to look at trends. I need to make sure I'm checking the trends because sometimes it can save you from wasting a lot of money thinking, you know, more where, you know, trends tend to be pretty right. Like things are what they are. That's why they're trends. So again, not one size fits all, but I like to check trends before I make bets. Trends are trends for a reason. Cliches are true for a reason. There you go. Uh, when, let me, let me scroll down, you know, Matt Mitchell put these all together in a very thoughtful, uh, Google doc, but one of the questions that is lower in our doc, uh, is about Sean Payton. And we were just talking about coaches, Belichick, Tomlin, Norv Turner, right? Shanahan. Uh, you and I both love Sean Payton. You're, we talked about the Broncos in our our futures podcast right after the Super Bowl. Um, Love them. High, massive impact. I mean, it's a the question is how big of an impact gambling wise does Sean Payne's return actually have? Huge. It's like going from again, I hate shit on people's cars, but it's like going from driving a Kia to a Lamborghini. Like that that last head coach. We all saw it first the first game of their season. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to be an asshole. I just said that was fireable shit. This guy didn't know how to handle the moments. And we saw a playoff for the rest of the season. The guy just was not meant to be head coach. He might be a great offensive coordinator. He just doesn't have that part of his brain that can work to be a head coach, which is you're calling the plays, you're doing all this other bullshit. But in the back of your mind, you know you have three timeouts and there's three minutes left to go. And you have to make a plan on when to use those timeouts. That's all real stuff. Sean Payton, to me, He's everything I love of a head coach. This guy is obsessed with football and he's so fucking smart. Like one of my favorite Sean Payton stories ever was that bounty gate. Remember he got kicked out of the NFL for a year or two. Yeah. 
He went and coached his son's high school team, which I think the previous year had two wins. They went undefeated and they won the state championship. So <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like this guy is really smart at taking what he has and making a system around it. I think that's what he'll do here where, you know, all that BS we heard. Russell Wilson had his own people in the building and his own nutritionist was in the building. He wanted the Tom Brady treatment. That's why I love Sean Payton. He's going to come in there and he's going to be like, dude, I was the one that I brought you here to Denver. Like I could care less. This new ownership ain't the one that brought you here to Denver. They could care less about you too. If you wanted me to get the little bit of ounce of talent out of you, you're going to shape up and listen to what I have to say. I think that's what Sean's going to do right away where he's going to go and he's going to kick a, kick a bunch of guys asses. That's a team with a shitload of talent. So that's why, you know, coming into Denver, I'm their biggest weakness is still to me, their offensive line. I think Peyton, the mind he has, he'll be able to scheme around that. So, um, you know, if I was going to actually put a number on it, I would give them an extra one and a half to two wins um, on Sean Payton. So say I have the top five quarterbacks, I mean, not quarterbacks, coaches this year, I'd still put Belichick one, put Andy at two. Maybe I put Shanahan, even though Shanahan has no rings, I still think he's that good. I put him at three, McVay at four, and I would, honestly, even with the years missed, I put uh, Sean Payton at five. I just think he is that good of a head coach. So, um, yeah, I think it's a big deal. Like, you got to get it all right. All these things need to line up. You need to get the quarterback and you need to get the coach. And I think at this point they have the coach for sure in Denver. I just don't know if they have the quarterback. Uh, that's an interesting discussion. I would also add, I can't argue with your top five. Um, you know, I love Shanahan and think he's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but I would also put in there John Harbaugh. I would put Dan Campbell. Variable. I would put, I would put Dayball in there. I would put Tomlin in there. That's <laughs> nine. Uh, Variable. And I put Vrabel in there. That's ten. Yeah, no, it's I'd tough. Have to put, I'd also have to put in um, Matt Eberflus. <laughs> Why? Because the way he uh, allowed the Bears to look competitive, but was still smart enough to lose 10, 11 straight games to end the year <laughs> and end up with the number one pick, that is Machiavellian. It's true. Don't sleep on. Hey, listen. <laughs> Everyone says, don't sleep on Eberflus. I completely forgot what that guy's name was until you said it. So that's wrong. That Eberflus. Remember the name, my friend, Simon. <laughs> Remember the name. Um, I agree with you on Peyton. Love the guy. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. A lot of football questions, but I think this is a really important one. It says a lot about the person you are, how you approach life. Um, we had a lot of that in the previous podcast. If you were perpetually surrounded, before I get to that, let me just say, I do think <laughs> answering the question about whether or not you believe in aliens says a lot about who you are. Yeah, it's true. And I'm glad that we were aligned on that question. So this is another <laughs> test of our relationship and our compatibility. If you were perpetually surrounded by one aroma that you and everyone around you could smell, what would it be? It's tough because I know you eventually will hate it. Like my first thought was bacon, but then it might ruin the smell of bacon for me. But I have a really weird thing. My favorite smell ever. This is weird as shit. Is fresh off the ice hockey pucks. Like you ever catch one in the stands when they're doing the warm up shots and stuff? No. I used to huff them, man. It's like pure rubber. Whatever that smell was, I loved it as a kid. Now I'm older. I don't smell hockey pucks anymore. 
But yeah, Simon from eight to twelve. Woo! That was my favorite thing about America. You catch a hockey puck in the stands. I just huff that bad boy the whole <laughs> the whole game. So I don't know. I'm trying to think what weird ass smell I would like forever, and it might be that rubber. I just used to love the smell of hockey pucks. You are a freak. Yeah. I know. It's the most random thing. That is the most random thing. Like you could say, <laughs> you could say citrus. You could nah. say vanilla. Nah. You could say fresh pine. Dog, I did straight. Like when I did dip, I did straight, which is like the old man dip. There's no smell to it. So I'll, that'll let you know where I'm at with aromas. Like I just like it bland. I See, I was going to say like <laughs> the smell of the forest on a camping trip when you first wake up. I mean, um, yeah, if we're going to do that, I would say when I step off an airplane in Hawaii, that's the greatest fucking smell ever or the redwoods in California. But uh, no, I'm, I was trying to find a weird object. Chad. Give me something weird. You like the smell. Like you like you like gasoline, you're a gas huffer. I don't mind gas. I mean, I'm very. Uh, my wife will tell you I'm very olfactory sensitive. Like, I walk into a room and I like can smell immediately if something is off and don't <laughs> like it. I, I just you know it's like I like you hate potpourri. I'll, I hate potpourri. Yeah, hate hate <laughs> potpourri. Can't can't do it. It makes me sick to my stomach. Matt Mitchell. Is weighing in and he says the answer is cedar the world's greatest <laughs> smell that would make sense from a guy who basically lives in a cedar basement in the middle of wisconsin the That's cedar true. is like the the official state smell of wisconsin bet the nba on tnt with a no sweat same game parlay from fanduel america's number one sports book it doesn't matter if you're new to fanduel or already have an account every thursday night you'll get bonus bets back if your same game parlay doesn't hit NBA same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs already made for you in the FanDuel Sportsbook app. On Thursday night, my favorite SGP is the Nuggets, the full game under, and the first half under. However you want to play, you can bet the NBA on TNT every Thursday with no sweat same-game parlay. Just head to FanDuel.com favorites and download FanDuel today to get in on the action. And if you're in Massachusetts, get ready because FanDuel is coming soon. Make sure you check out FanDuel.com slash Mass and take advantage of their great pre-live offers. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older and present in select states. Three plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus bet $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions applied. Void where prohibited. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. I want to I wanna ask a couple more football questions, but here's another fun one. 
if you could only bet one sport for the rest of your life and it couldn't be football, what do you choose and why? Like I'm living here in America, my same exact life. Yeah. You're thinking soccer. Yeah. If I was overseas, I'd do soccer. But because I'm in America, I'm just doing baseball. Like I love my favorite thing about baseball is all the numbers with it, where it's like if you build a model, you can find the huge edges in baseball because it's every day. And basically, I know a handful of pros that they might hit 40% for the season, but they're up a shitload of money just because they bet underdogs all season. So, um, you know, baseball is the grind of grinds, but um, I, I, I just – I used to be, that used to be my thing. Like I used to be obsessed with fantasy baseball when I was really young. Um, as I've gotten older, I've kind of phased it out. Like I'm still a Phillies fan. I just don't have a model built or anything for baseball. Like I get my picks off the guys in my groups um, or Sean Zarilla, our guy. So, you know, to me, if I had to do one sport and it's the same thing with football, you know, I just do nothing for seven months. Like I'm all in. I could do that with baseball. Like just literally go into a hole after pitchers and catchers and then come out of the hole in November. I could do that. So, I guess I'll go with baseball. I would bet first five in baseball. (laughs) I wouldn't bet full game in baseball. I would, my answer would be an era and a sport. So if I could bet one sport forever and it couldn't be the NFL, I'm betting late nineties college basketball. And I'm probably betting like the extra games that Richie Bachelary posted at the MGM. So when I was writing the odds, my best-selling book about guys who've been in sports for a living, when I spent six months in Vegas tracking these guys, um, and Alan Boston was the professional better who I profiled, and he was the best college basketball better uh, in the world at the time. And I'd be with him on a Saturday, full day on a Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. West Coast time. And... You know, he's literally betting millions over the course of the day on college basketball. But the MGM and and the books then, they, you know, you could find some really good opportunities because if you were focused on college basketball, especially October, November, uh, the books just couldn't be as sharp. Like, you know, Ken Palm was barely a thing if it was a thing at that point. I don't think it was. And um, so the books were so focused on baseball, NBA, college football, NFL, there wasn't an opportunity to really make great lines for college basketball. And then Richie Bachelary took it one step further and was posting lines like Patriot League lines that nobody else was posting (laughs) and was taking big, big limits. Like he didn't give a fuck. And so you could go in and just clean up on those games and he didn't care. He like, this was old end of old school Vegas where bookmakers were gamblers, right? They weren't, they weren't sort of um, considered to be the arbitrage experts that they are now. They weren't trading floor analysts, right? They were bookmakers who were throwing up lines, letting wise guys come in, pound them into shape, taking big limits and letting the chips fall where they may. That's what I would bet. And that's the era I would bet it in. Can't argue with it. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah. You know, like, like back then, the Stardust, which is the book that I profiled, and the bookmakers were Bob Scucci and Joe Lupo. And uh, you know, 
they'd have a line out the door at 8 a.m. for from wise guys to bet the opening lines for college basketball. They weren't betting them offshore yet. Like it was just starting to become a thing. So they, they would just line up to get like the freshest lines. It's like <laughs> lining up to get the best fish at the fish market at four in the morning. It was just fucking insane. I wonder how you would have done back then if you would have liked it like before. I know you lived in Vegas, but like before yeah. you had the advantage of technology and all these kinds of things. I would say I, I would definitely say I would have gone broke easier. That would be the damn truth where um, like a model is a nice crack. I can line my model up with a bunch of other things. I can line it up with the old school guys who are like I tell Chad all the time. There's guys who walk outside you know, in their mustard stained tank top and they'll look up in the sky and they'll be like, you know what? Today I'm betting the Knicks and the Knicks will win by like 30. And I'm like, how do these guys do it with no model? But they do it. They got good source and everything like that. So I would say back then it would have been a different type of work where all you're doing is talking to sources and you're talking to other pros and you're trying to line up with all them where nowadays, you know, you got models, you have trends, all these other things where pre-internet, there was none of that. I mean, Bet Labs, I, I can't imagine my life without Bet Labs, Chad. So I would right. say, I, I would, I would, be, I would probably wouldn't survive, but I would be miserable. That would be a really tough life to live. You know, it's funny you mentioned no internet. There's the old school stories about Lem Banker, who was like one of the original old school professional betters. He would go to the airport early in the morning uh, in Las Vegas. And as the businessmen flying into Vegas on the first flights out from the East Coast would throw away their newspapers, he would <laughs> grab the sports section uh, from the garbage and start reading it to see if there was any edge he could get on the games that night for lines that were just being posted, you know, 10 a.m. noon in Vegas. Alan Boston, when I was doing the book, he used to call the uh, scorers tables for schools on the East Coast and say he was say it was, you know, St. Joe's Villanova playing at Boston College, he would call the scores table at Boston College and say he was the reporter for Villanova <laughs> and ask the scores table, like, who's going to be playing? Who's in the lot? Who's practicing right now? Who's in who's in shooting drills? All those kinds of things um, to get the latest on the lineups that nobody else was getting. Like, you had to hustle. You couldn't just go on Twitter and follow every beat writer. Yeah. To get an answer. Those are harder days, really harder <laughs> days. One of our uh, two more questions. One of our favorite teams to bash this past year were the Los Angeles Chargers. Somehow, uh, Staley kept his job, but Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, got fired. The defensive coordinator, Ronaldo Hill, just left to take uh, a job working for the Miami Dolphins and his old boss, Vic Fangio. Stay, uh, Brandon Staley remains. Um, do we think these are improvements? Are we just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic? Kellen Moore uh, is the new offensive coordinator. I saw all this and I thought, start at the top. It's the same coach. rest of it's not going to make a difference. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like it's also an owner kind of being cheap. Like the owner should have let this guy go, ate the money, hired a new guy. But he isn't. And no, it sucks if you're a Chargers fan. You have the dream scenario. You have the all-pro quarterback on a rookie contract. And what did we just see? We saw Joe Burrow, same exact draft class, make it to a Super Bowl. We saw Hertz, same draft class, make it to a Super Bowl. We've seen Tua struggle, 
we've seen Herbert struggle. I mean, Herbert, he doesn't want a playoff game yet. We're this is year four we're heading into. So um I feel bad for Chargers fans. So I'm not even gonna try to beat them up, but yeah, I'd be pissed. It's like I that wasn't Herbert's fault. They let the Jaguars come all the way back in that game. That was the head coach's fault. And the head coach is the guy that runs the defense as well. So not good, but you know, I'm trying to be positive because it, it's Herbert. Like Herbert, he's so good, but I think we're all at this point now where he's looking like a damn Marino. Like all the talent in the world, I I just can't see him winning the Super Bowl as is. So um that's the fear right now if you're a Herbert fan or just a backer. It's like kid has all the talent in the world. It might be like betting on the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. It's just a dumb bet. It's just a team that they might have all the hype. They just won't get there, but I'm not there yet with this Chargers team. I feel like, and, and maybe this is a bad move because I was so in on the Chargers two years ago. Yeah. I was in on the chart to win the Super Bowl. I was in on the Chargers last year to win the division. Uh, although I don't think I was in on them as much as I was in on the Broncos. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Chargers, I, I just, Staley's one of those coaches to me where he hasn't proven it enough for me to believe that he can do what he needs to do with Justin Herbert. And like, if I'm the chargers ownership and I wanted to win, I'm like, fuck it. Sean Payton's available. <laughs> I got a hall of fame caliber quarterback here. Get me Sean fucking Payton and let me fix this. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, I didn't watch much of Mahomes' parade speech, but I can tell you 90% of it was directed towards people like Chad, which was, you know, Mahomes lost Tyreek. They're in a rebuild year. Denver's probably the best team in that division. Mahomes was firing away on all those people. So um, that's definitely one of those where I'm with Chad, where it's like, I just don't want to be burned back in this Chargers team again, where they're in a division with Mahomes. Last question before we get out of here. Uh, I am very excited about the NFL draft. Been reading a lot about it. The Bears have the number one pick. What are they going to do? Uh, it's a couple months away. Still, we've covered it a lot on the Favorites podcast. It's become a big betting event. Uh, when does NFL draft betting season heat up for you? I say this with the last 24 hours, a shitload of speculation and market movement on Will Levis to be the number one overall player taken. And that's all this time of year is where it's like, you know, that kid will you talk to anyone that watches college football apparently that kid is not that good like nothing about him screams good but to me that's irrelevant you're looking for a body type and a style and what would you rather have people you want to have a great college quarterback in baker mayfield or you want the kid from wyoming and josh allen so it's just like i say it all the time like these kids people especially people watch college football think they know shit it's like dude the NFL, this ain't no little boys league. This ain't no little kids playing like college football. This is grown man shit with grown men have to play a sport where you're going to be taking hits. So, you know, I'm not here to shit on him, but Bryce Young off my board. Like that kid, I might take a mid-second, you know, take a flyer on him like a Jalen Hurts type. That kid don't have the body for this league at all. I just cannot see him last in this league. Now, he might take a shit ton of weight gain or do whatever he needs to before the combine. That that kid to me will not will not last in this league. He just doesn't have the body type for it. And it's like try not to put these guys into a box, but there's a reason that, you know, 
Kyler Murray's been hurt a lot. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's had multiple years now. He's been hurt. Again, these are guys who are smaller, good athletes. Bryce Young ain't no good athlete. Like, I don't think this kid's going to run under a four or five. He's just probably one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever watched on tape, and he has a credible arm. So, to me, I get why Bryce Young still is the number one pick. I got no issue if this kid, Will, goes number one or the kid I love, Anthony Richardson, goes number one. It's just like I'm trying to project out. Like, that's my job right now. Like, me and Chad talked about it. I don't know if I talked on the show. I'm actually working for an NFL team this year and doing stuff for the draft. I've sent them a little little notes and stuff I've taken right now. I'll really dive in in a month. This is kind of, as a pro better, this is kind of like our little break here. So basically, I'll chill right now. I mean, I'm I'm a workaholic, so I've been doing the draft anyway. I just love watching film. Um, I start now, but I'll say most pros, you know, like say I got, I don't know, I might have eight people now working underneath me. I had three of them working on the draft since December. So that means they're they're watching tape, they're running notes, and then they're matching up with teams where we're going to be able to find value betting on the draft come draft season. Me personally. My biggest thing I study is the quarterbacks. Like, to me, that's the moneymaker. Um, I mean, we just talked about Herbert. I gave out Herbert to win Rookie of the Year in 19-1. to 1. So, like, did I really think Herbert was going to win Rookie of the Year this first year? No, I just thought this kid has a crazy amount of talent. And then I got lucky with, you know, Tyrod Taylor got a needle to his lung. And then Herbert was in the rest of the year. So, you need a little luck with these kind of things. And I'm kind of on the same spot here of, I don't really like Bryce Young. I, I don't like his body type. I got major questions with CJ Stroud. And again, I watched this kid, Will. I don't think he's good. I really don't. But he's got the body. He's tall as shit. He's like, what, 6'4", 6'5", with an absolute incredible arm. And, you know, there's just a little things like that. So, um, yeah, it's if if people are doing draft prep now, like they want to do it as pros do, I would say try to make a big board in the way you think the draft's going to play out. But in the back of your mind, no, the Bears could trade that pick next week and then it's all going to be thrown to shit, right? It's all going to be chaos if they do trade that pick. So this year for right now, I haven't made too many uh, bets yet on the quarterback position. But one thing I did, I gave it on the, uh, the action app, was I bet Anthony Richards to be the first quarterback taken at 40 to 1. It's down to 20 to 1 in most books. So I think other people are on the same line of me of this is a good QB class, but I don't know who the best quarterback is yet. It's the same thing of that year where Baker got taken at one. I did not see that coming. I really did think it was going to be Sam Darnold. And then a day or two before the word came out that it was Baker and it was a mass panic. Go get Baker at a plus number. So um, I think we might be in the same situation now where for months it's been Bryce Young as the number one pick. I think that's going to flip in the next couple of uh, weeks as we get more combine tape and other stuff comes out. Listen, for every Josh Allen body type, prototype, there's a Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But Mitch Mitch only started for one year. That was, a, again, that's a big red flag. Played one year at UNC. As a reminder, it is the NFL offseason. Now is a great time to check out Action Network's award-winning lineup of podcasts. Big bets on campus with March Madness coming up. It's a must-listen payoff pitch our mlb betting podcast returns next week with new episodes and don't forget running hot our nascar betting podcast just debuted and crushed it with its daytona bets so check that out all right simon hunter this has been the favorites podcast 
Food Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman for Simon Hunter, for Matt Mitchell. Download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe to the favorites on those platforms. Leave us five stars. Say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.